Hey, greetings traders. Happy Tuesday. It is four o'clock and time for Macro to Micro Power Hour. I'm Samantha LaDuke, founder of LaDukeTrading.com, also CIO of LaDuke Capital, LLC. I do these uh, Tuesday afternoon gigs with Jonathan Gibbons of VigTech.io so that we can talk about the market once a week, drill, drill down into market structure, Oh, we talk macro, we talk mar uh, micro. Um, he's got some fabulous fintech products that he is launching very soon. I'm riding on the coattails of that particular launch with my own fintech products that are going live. So we've been working together for a while, both in development, but also in this wonderful weekly session where we have a meeting of the minds and there he is. Yay. So I want to just... Uh, promote him and then share a screen where I can show you where we do these live interviews um, Tuesday, every Tuesday at four o'clock at the close. And you can register on my website. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, his is VigTech Official. Mine is Samantha LaDuke, at Samantha LaDuke and at VigTech Official. Um, so we got this going on and then when we're all done, I'm going to post it to my LaDuke trading YouTube channel and that is really um, a mix of power hour as well as some trading insights. I'm actually going to be listing some stuff up there. I'm kind of catching up. Presentations, women in um, trading and finance had a fabulous uh, interview last uh, week with Vicki Bryan on uh, Tesla. That was just very cool. Um, and credit analysis for sure. Anyway, so that's where you'll find this when it's all said and done. And here you are. This is, I'm going to stop sharing now so I can show your face and we can chat about the market. Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's early in the week and we just got a little bit of shimmy in the market. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not nonstop. It's like actually some action. It's action. And it was um, kind of cool because you know, we, we, we keep doing these going, okay, they're grinding higher, but at the same time, they're getting very uh, coiled on two of my key indicators. So I'm still expecting that volatility to come in. And then Monday, I don't ever kind of count that as serious because most Mondays we have, there's a 70% chance that we're going to have a VIX, uh, elevated VIX on Monday. Um, it's just the weekend effect. And then the real test is, do we have volatility on Tuesday? <laughs> and today we have volatility. We're up like 25 plus percent in two days. So that creates some more fun, if you will, especially for active traders. We get a two-way market. And then it's really timely because here it is. We have some volatility coming in and some nice index shorts. Um, but what is safe is old world plays are just getting bid, um, you know, for months now, some more than others. And we're going to talk about how kind of old world is new world since Bitcoin has taken a, a pause. And I mean, EV, electric vehicles and cannabis and SPACs are just on the floor. Maybe they're playing dead, but there's just no speculation there. And then, of course, with the Coinbase IPO last Wednesday, the Bitcoin proxies of Mara and Riot and, you know, MSTR MicroStrategy and the Bitcoin Trust itself, GBTC, they have all come down and they haven't really stopped coming down. So they're, 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 they're bleeding still. So anyway, speculation um, right now has been in like old world tech. 
mean, just see IBM, they had they actually beat. <laughs> it it looks great. VMware, free of Dell. Um, just I'm like, I don't know. There's there's still a bid in quote unquote safety. So um, I'm I'm digging that. What about you? I don't know. I um, I I think that uh, you know you, I I told. Uh, Excuse me, I can't even get my words out. I told a few people that I'm really watching the VIX expiration this week um, mm -hmm. because it's, I think it's pretty important um, from a long-term perspective. I started seeing long-term, deep out-of-the-money VIX calls um, last week and a little bit of the week before. And um, I was like, eh, maybe it's hedging. And um, then saw more the end of last week. And then saw a lot more today, yesterday. Um, so it seems to yeah, I'm looking for patterns, right? Some sort of pattern change. And um, that then drives everything else, right? For, for, for my side, like uh, as I'm looking at it, because like as the VIX, the positioning changes for that, so many derivatives come off of the VIX and the SPX and the major indexes. And um, you could see that kind of trickle down. And I think that the Mara, Riot, Coin, um, all of that, you can really see that take effect in IWM um, because a lot of that has now grown in uh, market cap size inside IWM so that uh, they, they've actually, as they've scaled up, you know, the, the indexation of those has grown. Uh, and a lot of that plug and a lot, of, a lot of the Momo names that you can see in an IWM more predominantly than you can see it in like Apple large cap tech still you know, uh, Apple's, uh, uh, you know, right at all time highs at a bad day. But, um, you know, the, overall, I think that the, those plays are kind of dragging down that index. And then the, the it's a good, is it a precursor to shift, right? Or is it actually like a genuine shift um, that's that's already happening, right? So is, it, is the shift, shift yes to come or is the shift um about to come or does it not come at all I, I think the vix expiration really key to me tomorrow and then the positioning for the rest of the week you saw some roll off today and then it rolled into calls longer dated calls which is not shorter dated calls like longer dated calls and then in size so you know i don't oh, know that definitely that's, in size right so i know vix is up but even more so than the vix being up is it the long the positioning if the positioning shifts back to short historically that gets compressed again um but now that it's long Right, the positioning is stretching a little bit long. I mean, I got like um, looking at like deep out of deep out of the money, more than twenty five percent out of the money calls, you know, with the high volume, unusual volume type stuff. Vix, 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 vix. Very, very interesting. Hadn't seen it in some time. So I, I'm agreeing with you. I think that um, that uh, you know, our, you know, the, the jury's still out on whether it's permanent or whether this is a corrective action. But it seems to be there's a little bit of fundamental shifting in that the vix environment, which leads to, you know, activity. And then the IWM's being drugged down. I think IWQs obviously has exposure to that stuff, but the the you look at the fangs and, and so forth, they're still holding it up. Um, they're still pretty strong. So I, I'm, you know- Yeah, market's we're, not gonna give sway until the big tech actually weakens. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, hold on, so, holy. So like, I think, I think, uh, but it, the setup's starting to, to form. I mean, IWM looks, uh, that doesn't look good. Um, you know, I'm not a technical analysis guy, but it looks like one of those old Batman looks um with the head and shoulders you know? yeah tabley um, does look like a head and shoulder i just you mentioned the, the vix so back on um april 8th spied this kind of early it was the morning of anyway i grabbed it and put it into my client slack channel uh workspace mm 
Um, and it was basically this July week four, 25 by 40 call spread, a very large size. So it had just opened that morning, right? So this is now uh, 250,000 contracts by 240,000 contracts. So folks basically kind of just jumping on the bandwagon there because they see this ginormous call spread and think, hey, that's not a bad trade. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's far out, meaning July, right? Yeah. Um, just in case we get any funny business with um, earnings disappointment, which is my whole thesis. I, I think this looks really good. It's like, oh, by the way, 1821, this is really busy, but 1821 is, if I can sword here, I can't. 1821 is the gap fill on a weekly from pre-COVID levels, from that February 21st on Friday to the 24th on February, and then we just, I'd love to actually show you. Um, <laughs> and then we shot up, obviously, um, very strongly. So this is basically a gap fill, and we've kind of come back up. Oh, heavens. It freeze, okay. frozen, there you go. It was just totally frozen. So yeah, so basically that is um, the VIX in full display of hedging coming in. And then you just keep seeing more and more and more, but obviously different strikes, different sizes, different Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, no. in, in, in today, you know, is it's, um, to see two days in a row. I, I had said someone read it this weekend. I was like, uh, you know, uh, you got to see what happens Monday and Tuesday. You had options expiration last Friday, and then nothing really rolled off. Uh, it appeared, and then you get to yesterday, and and it rolled off. You know, you saw the indexes, and I posted yesterday morning indexes are starting to look more mixed, a lot more mixed from the options environment where they were not so heavy call driven, and that had been persistent through the latter part of last week too. So they get, you know, I call it a neutral put call ratio. This is just some our own sauce um, where it's not necessarily necessarily bearish yet it's it's more like a floating around one ish one and a half like pc ratings and the indexes as a whole as opposed to like plus one and a half gets really really heavy i was seeing one 120 1.2 um but the, definitely a tenor change that continued into monday and tuesday um and you had the bitcoin stuff over the weekend and i thought that uh you know absent the bitcoin stuff over the weekend the bitcoin um kind of conversations related to the treasury and you know we're going after these institutions and there's gonna be regulation and blah 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 but like you know that that came in there's such a like uh i've seen a, a significant pattern like you could see that like the calls uh purchase inside of those kind of crypto related products i call them like stocks that are you know mara riot uh, these things are outsizing like JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, like financial institutions that are like legacy institutions, there's more activity in underlying securities and actual call activity than those, right? Like massively, that will have an inverse impact on the market should there be a crypto kind of right struggle. My, my dog agrees with me. And, um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a half Husky and a half Wheaton Terrier. So that he, was he, beautiful timing. He will, he will greet you at the front door. They'll bounce straight up and then he howls all the time. So he's, he's awesome. That's cute. Um, but so effectively, you know, go back to my thought is that, um, and I got to remember exactly what I was saying before he, before he interrupted, <laughs> is that the crypto piece, not necessarily saying that like he's going to drag the whole market down. It's just, it's an inverse relationship because it's gotten so big. And so big in the sense that there's so much capital flow into it. Well, that's been, and there's so much into it in the IWM. And so I think that's what we're seeing right here. And then like those names are really starting to fade. 
I seen the ETF indexes. I'm seeing the indexes, indexes. So the major indexes, SPX, NDX, all that stuff has had uh, you know week, week all week so far. And um, you can see that IWM, that whole basket where it's very crypto related. We've become very concentrated in a crypto environment, for better or worse. And so where that goes is kind of going to give us a, a, a trend to an extent, which would benefit these kind of names that you're talking about, flight to safety to an extent, if that takes yeah. place. Yeah. And I think that the VIX, um, the VIX setup that's that's there, that you just pointed out, it, it genuine, it's genuinely there um, to to cause a pivot, right? And and everybody's in the same in the same stuff. So, you know, rotating over to those, those names, um, probably going to definitely, if this transpires, you could definitely see that more, like definitely see that more. And we saw all day today and then all day yesterday, the indexes did not, like, they, there was a little bit of bounce at the last hour today. Um, and we're not down. I don't want anybody to think I'm like throwing shade and this thing's like going to crash or anything no, like that. But, but it, it's it definitely set up where we're we're way heavy. We're way heavy as a as an asset allocation environment where we've gone heavy into crypto and heavy into crypto related stocks and heavy into crypto related narrative. As you know, coin was last week, but it's just there's a lot of premium and a lot of volume in the options environment on that segment. And that's leaked into IWM and it's leaked into some part of the NAS. And Tesla is directly correlated to it too. So, you know, I, I think that that's my side of it from where I'm coming from to tie into what you're discussing, um, seeing it from a different perspective is that I see the same thing. So the beneficial relationship could be just from a, from a flow standpoint, like out of into, um, it, but with vol, if if we get vol, if we really get vol, and it sticks after the expiration tomorrow, and positioning changes, where people shift, yeah, then so, it could be it could be something different. Yeah, so that's that's funny that you say um, into tomorrow. What's your confirmation? Because what I typically do is let me just kind of what I was gonna. I had a question too about the Coinbase. Um, obviously the IPO on Wednesday and then there was the outage over in China for 48 hours which was credited with causing the Bitcoin um, you know pullback and then a big whale uh, sold a good chunk of Bitcoin over in Japan so there were a kind of a confluence if you will but on Friday right a lot of gamma rolled off that um, monthly option and that kind of sets free the bear to try and this speculation coming out of the market with the Bitcoin, um, I don't know what the ultimate causes are, but I definitely saw a lot of head, um, headlines over the weekend, or I should say Coinbase IPO Wednesday, and then it just, the, the tremor of headlines kept picking up. Turkey said, no, we're not going to allow it. Um, India. You know, India, India yep. And then even... Um, I forget who, what, maybe it was Janet, but the yeah, whole concept of regulation and, uh, you know, basically control of this market, although there are 85 central banks or 85% of central banks worldwide are kind of coming up with their own digital currency. But that whole, that whole tenor, if you will, seemed to send tremors into the Bitcoin um, speculative market. And they definitely started to deflate a little bit. Big picture. Um, don't know how how long this is going to last, but I can tell on the the Bitcoin proxies like the GBTC and the Mara and the Riot, the very popular ones, that Mara is down over forty percent. You know, in this is it was a quick twenty five drop, twenty five percent drop, and it keeps going. But they are underneath; they've broken 
some trend lines, uh, some trend, um, you know, market structure levels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the architecture is broken. <laughs> so yeah. oh, we'll get a better idea, but, um, it, it seems as if they, they want to now kind of this anti-money laundering, um, rules are kind of getting pushed and crypto and Bitcoin kind of equal commodities trade for me. I think of them as commodities and mm -hmm. I guess the, uh, the, 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 the XRP and the tokens and such are kind of considered more securities. So I'm more focused on the commodity market, right? And I watch that very carefully. Um, so to me, this crypto trade coming back was very tradable for a short. And now, like you said, it's kind of bleeding over into small caps. And even though we had a, a bounce at the end of the day in the Russell, I don't trust it at all. Mm -mm. Totally so, agree. so all of my indicators, and it was funny because the, uh, the indicators, where were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about this earlier, but just on a short time frame. I mean, this is the first time I've seen this in a while. Right, my risk range alert indicators—they all—they yep. really, really triggered bearish. Right, that's the last 4 p.m. read. But there's XLU and XLV are still bullish. Retail is so much GameStop; it's annoying. Um, but I mean, on a short duration time frame, we had a lot of red triggers short today. Yeah. So it'll be yeah, curious. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice. We finally have a two-way market. I have no issues with that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So what else you seeing? You, you know, I think I, I really go back to the to the rotation. Is there still a, a significant amount of liquidity? So you've got um, you saw the guy become the uh, Coinbase his ex bank regulator that became the new CEO. Is that right of, of Coinbase? Is that is that right? Or for, I forget which one it was. Bitfinex. It was one of those major exchanges that was the ex bank regulator is now the CEO. And so I think that the, the, the interesting thing to me is all the Momo stuff has broken down market structure levels and is at like kind of must hold levels. So like yeah. all of the, a Wait, lot of that stuff, Palantir and like, you know, got all of those things. And then you've got, so those have not recovered. So people are like still holding and they're waiting, right? Everybody's like waiting in that environment for a turn. And we then did you have, have a two-week, we had a nice, nice, nice two-week rotation into the NASDAQ and all things ARC. It worked beautifully until it, it was last a week. And then yeah. as soon as options expiration was over, the last two days have been hard selling back in, I mean, you know, momentum selling and safety has been safe. Well, this stuff like kind of bounced, some stuff bounced, didn't repair the charts, but just right. bounced and then came back. And now it's like, you know, people are sitting there and they invested at higher, higher levels of trapped. They're holding for, you know, a way to get back out at a higher, a higher level. That's, that's a group. Then you got the whole, the whole crypto related stock group. Right. And then you've got the actual major indexes themselves, like in the banks and stuff like that. So, you know, the key thing is you didn't see any VIX change. You started to see some out of the money stuff come in, but now we're seeing the roll off of the VIX expiration. Like I, I think the the index expiration, the regular options expiration for the equities isn't as interestingly relevant to each month in month out of positional change as the VIX expiration. And I've seen that become more important over the last two years that that, that expiration is even more dramatically important. I think tomorrow through Monday, 
is like kind of critical because if you see no bounce in the IWM, then will liquidity stand stand back? And then you and you okay, I'm standing back. VIX starts getting a little bit more elevated. People start pressing. This is like one of those where the positioning is set up as such that you got some folks holding the bag and it's Momo stuff. They're entered at higher levels. Now they're sitting underwater. You get the same thing in the crypto space. People are sitting underwater. They're doubling down because it's hold, right? You're holding, you know, the diamond hands versus paper hands. So the people are holding and they haven't been cracked though. If you get those sectors to crack, those are momentum sectors. And then you've got the VIX start to get escalated. And you've got the knock-on effect into IWM. And IWM and really the Qs have a little bit of that too. SBX not so much a maybe, like a little bit more time. You look at Dow Jones, it's like down like one and a half percent or something like that. But, yep. uh, you know, I think that the stuff is uh, that's overweight to me is the biggest theme right now. And uh, that could drag down because a lot of those, the, the nature of those holdings the nature of what people are holding and the nature of the way they hold those things, they just believe. So it's not less a trade as it is like a kind of a ethos. Like I'm just going to, I hold, right? And those are all underwater. So I think that the setup there could get a little bit more dicey if VIX environment rolls into the institutions, the VIX, not the VXX or the UVXY, yep, yep. the VIX structure gets very bullish from a from a option standpoint then yeah i think that there could be some toast burnt toast on the on the table with a few of these things and then we'll see what happens like the 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 flight to safety stuff works um you've seen that for a long time with the dow and and those things but there has been that bid into those reflation there airlines yes. and things yes. like that and i showed non-sector infrastructure and yeah yeah those things are pretty bid up though Right? And old so. tech and lumber and commodities. But this, just to kind of play on that um, theme that you were just talking about, first of all, I read in Coinbase that they have 7,000 professionals. In other words, not retail, um, non-professional, but professional uh, 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 hedge funds, money managers, institutions who are invested on uh, their platform trading Bitcoin and currencies. And I thought to myself, this really it dovetails with Raul Paul's, you know, thesis of they're an alternative to bonds, right? The the thesis really, I think, is to be determined. But this particular chart, I really did like. Bitcoin really does like higher bond yields, and we've had a flattening of the yield curve the past few weeks. Uh, yields have obviously come down, and and TLT, for an example, you can see how it's kind of rising back up slowly. Um, but as it has been taking a bounce, I'm talking about, you know, bonds um, and yields have been softening and the yield curve has flattened and fallen a little bit. So, too, has Bitcoin started to do the same. So I thought that was kind of an interesting kind of correlation here in the um, the crypto market being still there are institutions that are in this trade for sure. And bond yields will have something um I guess I'll, maybe they lead and the, the sell-off lags, but I still think it has a lot to do with the fact that regulation talk was just very hot and heavy uh, into the last part of last week. I mean, there was the new um, SEC chair, Gary Gensler, uh, talks of formulating his crypto Bitcoin agenda um, after the Yellen task force on the issue. So, you know, that sends a little bit of the, 
of the tremors into the market as well. But not so sure how much is timed with bond yields and how much is timed with just crackdowns and you know country restrictions and the like. But it definitely seems to be rolling over into equity markets as well. Yeah, I think that there's so much like chase on it that it kind of got proxy chase to like the equities market through the crypto stock related names. Um, so anything that has anything to do with it and anybody that could announce they had anything to do with it, announced that they had something to do with it from Visa to anybody else the last, let's say, 45 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a trending uh, a topic and and it's TBD. I, I can't say, I, I mean, maybe the government is, maybe they're, they're in a pickle because they got to either regulate it or kind of let it, like, kind of regulate it, let it ride a little bit because it's pretty big. Um, I saw that it was approaching silver's, you know, market cap. Um, and, and I saw it was approaching gold's, you know, on a chase type deal, like Bitcoin itself, um, getting pretty big. And then you got, that's just the coin, the Bitcoin. That's not the, you know, Doji coin. That's not oh my gosh. Ethereum. That's not like the rest of it. And, and so you got, I'm not talking about the alt stuff. I'm talking about just the primary vehicles that most just people Just to give running. reference. I mean, Bitcoin Great. was up when I, I texted this on the 18th. So two days ago, um, 770% in the past year, Ethereum, this is again two days ago, was up 12, uh, 1250, so 1,250% in the past year. And Dogecoin was up 8,000% 8, just this year. <laughs> so, the, the, the best meme is if Elon was really smart, he would have bought Bitcoin, he'd have bought Dogecoin, right? So, like, exactly. you know, so, so, so when I go back to the, the, the thought, it's effectively that everything has chased into this these that's not that's just like those primary current cryptocurrencies that's not the flow of capital going to the crypto related stocks and that's not how much flow of capital going to crypto related stocks has bled into the market capitalization of the etfs and we haven't talked about leverage and margin yeah so 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 the government I, I'm not buying the. Um, we're gonna write, We're gonna. We're gonna outlaw this or, or what have you. I, I think that that's not possible or feasible at this point because it's become too big to where if they were to turn the spigot off, so to speak, then what exactly are they gonna? That that's got a dramatic cross cross currency, like not like cross current. I should say not currency, but cross current effect into the to the ETF sense of the single stocks that are being bought, you know, hands over fist with margin that you've posted a ton of margin, like, you know, margin debt stuff. And I, you know, I don't know, like that, that's a spillage deal. Right. And I'm not saying there's like a crash or anything like that, but I, I just, I, I don't know how they're going to, you know, kind of come out and they, they're not stupid. They know how big these things are. They know how big and how impactful they are to like come out and be like, oh, this is a lot. We're going to, we're going to take this from everybody. And, you know, you're not gonna be able to do to use any of these things anymore. I don't think that's the case. I think the case is like, you know, kind of the knock-on effects of this. And is what what's how's this really shaken out? Um, or or is there or is there somebody that makes a mistake and they're like they announce that they're they're gonna do something and they they direct they regulated in some way that they were like we thought that was gonna work and it didn't work and you know it's a spillage deal. So, but the cross asset cross class structures i think are super important to watch mm-hmm. as it relates to how this unfolds not a singular thing or anything like that because i look at single stocks still being bid 
on the call side like crazy, just it, relentless. And then the ETFs and indexes are shifting and the VIX is turning up. As, as the Bitcoin is so, crypto is so overtaken everything, if there's a hiccup of any kind in that crypto, it will leak and spill. Yeah. If it leaks and spills, then you've got everything tied to everything. Yes, very because much Because of so. the market capitalization just inside those ETFs. And the and, and this happened fast, like like six to nine months is fast yeah. for GameStop to go from, you know, 0.02 yeah, but this charted, to but this 10%, chart, right, but this of the of IWM. But this market cap is a great, that's like what, how many times GameStop is that? <laughs> yeah, well, and, it's a, it's a, I'm just referring to the actual, um, the principle of it, like where, where we've gone from where something was a small portion of an index, that something is a large portion of that index. And it's happened in a very short period of time in an index that's managed by rules, not by people. So it's not active, it's passive, and they just buy more of it, right? And buy more of it as the market cap rises. Well, it's risen so fast. Now it's all concentrated in the same stuff and that's happened pretty quickly. Yeah, And, and I, it's dangerous. No, and I like the, this, um, this analog here of the Coinbase IPO and the, cryptic, uh, the crypto uh, total market cap. I, when I saw this, and again, you know, someone who's uber bearish who published this chart and it's it's a little bit uh, deceiving it's not a timing tool but what i really liked about it was looking at this going okay this reminds me of jonathan's very famous saying parabolas equal trapped longs yep so at some point right whether it be the the, the power outage in china which affected the miners or the big whale that sold into this parabola um, or the, the regulation talk country to country and then here discussions <laughs> around regulation talk. Um, anyway, it just looked like what if we had a Robin Hood also at the center of risk since they allow crypto trading, right? Yeah. Coinbase is much bigger, yeah. granted, we just found that out pre when they announced earnings before their IPO, we found out, oh my gosh, they swamp <laughs> the user base. It's like 56 million compared to Robinhood. But the point was Robinhood almost went under when GameStop became, you know, a tool, if you will, and, and trapped shorts um, and hedge funds. Melvin ended up having a 50% drawdown in Q1. Now can't help but look at this chart of the crypto market and think, what about Robin Hood? <laughs> like, 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 should we, should we, should we worry? I mean, of course. Crap longs, you know. This yeah, is, of course. Like, it, yeah, just looking at market structure, that's a pretty steep move. I, I mean, it could be, there's always the new normal, like kind of, kind of caveat, right? Where you introduce a new technology and things can, um, you know, they leave the old paradigm. Right. That that's that definitely has to be entertained. Um, otherwise, you're just being you know one sided. So I, I do entertain that. I, I, I entertain it. I, I've seen the um, self clearing exchange stuff. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. A lot of great stuff coming out of this um, in the blockchain world. Having said that, just looking at it and stepping back on the kind of existing infrastructure markets becoming completely uh, enthralled and overweight a specific singular commodity as you refer to it mm -hmm. um is if you peel it back and state it like that that can be like ooh, that could that could that could spill 
And if it does, then like you, everybody's trapped and everybody has then put their eggs in that basket. Yep. Right. And large cap, mid cap size stuff has put their eggs in that basket. Cause you see more mid cap, large cap go, we're, we're fully, we're on board too. We're doing this. We're doing that the last couple of weeks. So now everybody is associated with the same thing. So, you know, is it the coin that is the thing or is it the smart contract, you know, that is the thing. And I, that's why I would like kind of step back even one what do you further. Mean? Is it the coin or the smart contract? So, so the internet was the thing in 2000. Oh, okay. That was the derivative, the thing that changed other things. Pets.com was a coin equivalent. That was something trading on the premise of what the internet could be. It was not the internet. The pets.com is wiped out. The internet changes everything. The smart contract, the blockchain, the self-clearing of exchanges is the internet. Bitcoin, Dogecoin are a lot like pets.com to me until proven otherwise. Yep. That they, they are genuinely uh, based on the premise of the change rather than the actual change itself, the mechanism of change, that paradigm shift. And so that's why I, that's what I think is yet to be determined is if those things play a role in the permanent paradigm change that is taking place. And there's definitely one taking place, right? Like 150%. And I, I actually, I'm enthralled by it. I think it's very unique. We really started digging into it more. But having said that, there's some real like, some real like concern now as to how existing market structure existing market mechanics are now overweight a singular commodity yeah from from visa to square to paypal to everything in between mara riot right clove hell like all this is under the same premise that it's the new world um are we there yet so to tie it back to the new world old world deal Typically, you can you get there, but there's like you know some more normalized period of, of mean reversion first. That, well, that the, the bullish case is that those who are long the new world stocks, whether it be the Bitcoin or you know just this lovely uh, hyper enthusiasm over electrification um, and legalized pot and all that kind of stuff. It, it really, I don't, I hope it doesn't end up like a 2000 micron where it took a really, really long time to go back to the highs, <laughs> but yeah. that's, that is an example. And then just, I mean, this is lumber. Talk about old world. I mean, we keep talking about this, but Jonathan, we've been talking about this for months, right? Because it has had such a strong impulse higher with the fundamental uh, support behind it. And this is lumber. 1375 I mean the the mean is somewhere around 200 you know we, we hit 600 and came back down um, in 2018 and then obviously this is new world for the old world plays and we're talking toilet paper and other um, products associated with this also are going up and they're going to continue to go up it doesn't, it feels like, the, and, and Procter and & Gamble reported this morning and said as much, everything, toilet paper, diapers, you name it, it's going up. So this is 
uh, mohawk has been a great trade <laughs> and i'm talking about i have to, i have to just show you it's not just lumber of course but Carpet, um yeah. you know oops stuff that is a, i'm going to go back on a weekly because that was just a monthly just to kind of you know get excited here but i mean you can see whether it be the pfizer vaccine that uh uh, helped with the reopening trades or the value momentum. But I mean, there are so many trades like this that have just been fabulous, fabulous gainers. I, I, I mean, look at Hog the past few days. I mean, it's just impressive and exciting that Old World is doing so well. We might even get Cisco to get up out of its rut here. The point is, there's a lot of safety. I mean, Oracle, Old Tech, um, that is still doing really well while the Momo plays and the SPACs are not doing well. This SPAC is just, remember, it imploded on its oversupply or issuance. I mean, that is completely a mess. So fascinating. Old tech, old world plays and old commodities that don't usually even have the attention of retail are doing extremely well. I call, them, safe, I call them safety, rotation to safety. A lot of liquidity still moving around, right? Um, yeah. There's so much liquidity that that's apparent in that lumber chart um, of how much excess liquidity there is. I, I saw the best thing um, uh, was uh, Jerome Powell, Ali Farhart's uh, handle, where he said, I'm going to tell my kids this is Fort Knox. And it was a picture of Home Depot. Oh, right? yeah. Let's the, go someplace the, expensive. The, they're dining the, out in front the of the lumber. Timber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, this is all unprecedented. What did Jay Powell, actually real Jay Powell said today, um, you know, we're prepared if we have to deal with 70s style inflation, some, something to that effect. It was like, oh. I, no, his, his words were, it's right. good for people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. So, so, so yeah, this is like, uh, you know, is, is the, the only question I have is, is the old world road a rotation um, no. solely? Right. Or is yeah. there something much more uh, prominent to it? I, I got to go with rotation until we can see VIX, like uh, put everybody to the test. Um, you know, that's that's my two cents. And, and, and the, all this new paradigm that, that I'm kind of throwing out there is all dependent upon a real test of the volatility. Nothing's been tested in any way, shape or form at all um since last march and that test didn't last very long it we don't know how real any of this is until we get a real bout of volatility and a real test of volatility with these things in the meantime i think inflation is is real <laughs> so yeah, and the real. expectations yeah. of it going higher are real and i love this um charlie bilio and probably everybody knows who he is but he did a write-up on inflation and i've posted charts in my slack channel for clients you know for months now on all kinds of different commodities and right now it looks even though oil is is soft and xle is is soft it still looks like biden wants to let this rip higher as far as oil so we have regime change politically um you know fiscal monetary all that stuff but i loved this uh write-up that he put together because there is one definition of inflation and it is too much money chasing too few goods that is exactly our situation <laughs> in a nutshell so we already know about you know financial asset price inflation right we're not just this is just this year um we still have asset price inflation from qe um then credit spreads are still pretty tight and near the 
you know, lowest level, so um, quote unquote loose, uh, you know, conditions, not tight. We've got crypto has gone parabolic. We've got, you know, and Bitcoin, of course, housing price inflation. That is a real trajectory and it doesn't seem to be slowing because of low interest rates, because of millennial demographics, you know, because of housing supply being at extreme lows. I mean, look at this. This is an all time. We can't even we can't even see this on the on the chart. Um, we've talked about lumber repeatedly. Commodity price inflation has been beautiful. Now, this is actually getting to a place, Jonathan, where I think, and remember I, I talked about this a while ago that oil was, to me, going to be serving as an inflation hedge soon, even though there's fundamentally lots of reason to think oil should fall. I get it crude down to 53. I can see that. Right now it's trying to figure it out. But the point is this still is a hedge on inflation. Commodities are a hedge on inflation. So even if we have a wicked snapback in lumber or copper or oil, I still think it's going to get defended. Um, and this is why. I mean, copper obviously makes the world go round in many regards as far as governments hoarding it, as far as economic growth, as far as electrification. But if you put this on a big chart like many years, you'll see that we're still way below the mean in copper prices. So we've got a lot of room to the upside. Um, you can see what's happening in, in grains, wheat, soybean, corn. Uh, I just, he's put this all in one place, so it's kind of cool. Use car inflation because chip shortage. So, you know, AutoNation, no, AutoZone, AutoNation, one of them today um, said they're actually, <laughs> they're, they're kind of hoarding used cars because they're afraid of this chip shortage impacting the new vehicle supply. So they're going to be in a really great place <laughs> as far as price appreciation on used vehicles. We can already see that. I mean, that's been in play for the past year. And um, we had a really, what, what do you call it, extreme low in inventory um, in these cars. So collectibles. NFTs, all this kind of crazy inflation. Anyway, I thought that was a really good um, overview. Yes, love legislation, but I really like this I this definition. It's a reminder that there's way too much money chasing way, way too few goods. So that's what I wanted to kind of say. I am one that looks at inflation break-evens and expectations, and um, I think there's still room to go. A pause here makes 100% sense because we've gone so high so fast. I mean, literally since November, October. The, the lumber that I really took off last August, but it was the, you know, Biden bid September, October, into the election, into the Pfizer vaccine, November, really took off as far as, you know, first of the year, small caps way outperforming. Um, large caps and SPY, and now they've just kind of taken a pause with yields, but I still think it has energy to the upside, and Powell is, is not talking it down. Inflation's good for people, um, and there's some, there's a case that, yes, we need to get out of this deflation, but obviously they still keep reminding us that they can control how much inflation we get, so that's the, that's the big, to me, science experiment yeah it's an experiment right i mean it's an experiment i and i was gonna my, my question to you is is ultimately what uh what's the resolution right so what now what you know um because 
you're sitting there and prices continue to rise to the point where goods can't be produced, right? Like we're like that a lumber chart, head. like that, like that's that's the that's what you're really seeing. <laughs> like where good goods can't be produced. They just genuinely like producers can't manufacture these things for two different reasons. They can't get the raw goods. They can't they can't deal with the the actual costs on their side, uh, yeah. much less the people cost, right? And so, you know, how does this shake out? Like I think I think I go I go back to King Griffin's comment that he thought that the biggest outlier risk. Um, this was about a month ago, month and a half, maybe maybe a month, about a month. And he said the biggest outlier risk is runaway inflation, mm-hmm. where the market can't accurately price that and the consequences of that are so under like calculated and misunderstood that there's really no way to kind of guess what that even entails because policymakers again go back to his earlier interview um where he was like policymakers are reactive because they don't have real-time data modeling and their inputs are so, so like, it's not, it's not intentional. It's just that the inputs that they have plus the actual capacity to model those inputs in times of crisis is so limited. And so they err to the excess. And this time they accessed like, we, I mean, beyond what can be comprehended. I, I just, you know, when you're looking at that lumber chart and that used car chart, and then you look at the, there was the only thing I saw, you know, I'm a basic guy. I saw your charts there that you're rolling through with Charlie. Below yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a basic yeah. guy. I saw the same thing. It was like shake, 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 spike, spike, <laughs> spike, spike, spike. That's a science experiment, right? Like that's 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 not like that's you're not in. There's no one in control at that point. You're not in control. Like you can sit here and you know jawbone all you want to. There is nobody in control at this point. This is past the point of control. And I think you know crypto and all this NFT stuff and so forth is just a another proxy for um, kind of looking at the where all this money is flowing. Right. And where, where's all this stuff going? It's got to go to something. And then what? Then what? Right. So, like, I don't I don't have an answer. I think it's kind of unknown in, in all honesty. All right. Well, well, I have some. So I'm, I'm pretty flexible. Right. So I think kind of my my core strengths, I'm nimble. I, I don't mind, you know, changing direction if the situation dictates. I can be both, um, you know, defense, offense, lawyering, both side, right? I can, I can go either side. So I'm really very much focused on this um, inflation narrative. One, because it's a basket of trades that's working. Two, because just like you said, at what point does it become, uh, you know, trouble? Especially with a market that has exploded higher, <laughs> right? Our, our valuations and PE and all that jazz, and now we have earnings. Little little trepidation there. Maybe there'll be a little disappointment because we've run up so much. And not saying we can't go higher. There, like you also have remind us constantly. There's liquidity. It's just pumping through the veins of trading desks everywhere. Um, SLR be damned. There's just plenty, plenty of leverage. 
Um, and it can also be removed very quickly, as we saw with the Archegos, right? And the, you know, um, Credit Suisse is still in terrible shape. But the point is, in when it comes to commodities, this is multi-decade lows that have been an outlier bounce that are now right now kind of like they look like they should digest a little bit, Bitcoin included, but they still look mega bullish. Oil looks bullish. Copper looks bullish. Lumber looks bullish. And then I saw this, this interview, and I have to show this again because I'm going to mess it up a little bit, but bear with me because it proves where I'm excited about this. So back in August, I did this write-up about lumber and RFP, which is the name of a, a stock that I wanted to pick because it looked like a really good trend trade. So this is RFP. Now I'm getting, I'm getting to a point, but the point, it was basically four, it's now 16, and it's all related to lumber and mills. Oh my, right? So this idea came in large part watching the, the, the wood lumber um, space and trying to figure out what happened you know, with the beetle infestation and the trade tariffs that Trump elect, uh, enacted that actually put some mills out of business. It was you know, 25% hit on top of all kinds of other conditions, right? And then what I really liked, I have to show this if I can see if this has come on. Okay. Okay. So this guy I have followed for a while and he's referenced in my piece from last August Prices are going up significantly like no one has ever seen before. That obviously caught my attention. And I don't know if you noticed, but he kind of looks like Paul Boone. <laughs> Bunyan, Paul Bunyan, sorry. So at the end, I want you, I just want you to hear this part because it has to do with the futures. Oops. On the future screen. And now here we are, you know, quadruple. Um, it'd be really nice if we could have some of those mills back. Maybe some of them survived because we didn't have a tariff. But by and large... Stepping back, the issue is fiber supply in Canada, which is why they've invested in, in Southern Yellow Pine mills and production in the U.S. But, you know, it, it, again, this is getting in the weeds, but the Southern Yellow Pine stick is not the same as the Canadian or Pacific Northwest. I, I, past this point, it's coming up. Like they're not as inter interchangeable as you think. So there, there's a bigger structural problem, and until, yeah, to me, the futures curve is going to tell you the answer. This steep record-setting backwardation, where the front months are trading at an extreme premium, mm -hmm. uh, this. to uh, deferred months, and a lot of people look at that and say, "Okay, down the line, futures Whoa. This. prices are going to be cheaper." And in fact, in fact, it's the opposite. That's the most bullish structure you can have. So until that curve normalizes, uh, I don't see a, a, a correction. Got it? Is that awesome? Is it's that scary? Good. Is that scary but awesome? Like he he nails it, right? He 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 is still worried that lumber thirteen seventy five linear board. Oh, sorry, am I still sharing? I mean, this is just and then and the mean is two hundred historically. I showed you that big chart, right? <laughs> so we're we're into some some parabolic rises here, not just lumber, but that's that that will that will impact all kinds of markets and. It's not, it doesn't look done, does it? You know, That's going to break I, some markets at some point. You, you've got a situation, I think that probably the only thing that can you do is monitor volatility in the sense that if the positioning changes, we go back to the doom loop nirvana structure in its most simplest form. 
in the sense that as long as volatility is subtle and kept kind of suppressed to an extent, then the kind of natural dynamics of an oversized options market will write that gamma structure and pull it up. And then there'll be rotation, 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 rotation. And then there's more money chasing less good. So the liquidity thing works. At some point, if the position structure changes while everybody's short volatility and the volatility shorts get blown out and everything's tied together and everything's chasing the same goods, that kind of is like a virus that goes straight to and can kill all the same stuff at the same time in the same room. And you've got a massive loop kind of effect because everything's tied together on the other side of that. It's like the upside down in that Netflix show, right? Like the stranger things. It just goes from exactly what it was to the exact opposite of what it was. That's the, the biggest risk and the only real risk is that moment when it when when volatility eats and flips that flips everything to the upside down and it just starts tearing right through it and i and i'm not saying like that that you get a you know oh you're gonna get a crash and all that kind of stuff take the crash out of it just look at it from a price perspective like all this stuff is on the other side that's being chased by all this liquidity then you flip that and it's not a mechanism of people wanting to buy it cheaply it's that things get incinerated so quickly that there's no reaction, right? And that's what you saw, and that's what's precipitated. It's that's what um, happened basically in multi smaller segments. Well, now we're in the ultimate large size. So I'm not like I'm not saying that we're going to get a big risk off or something like that. What I'm saying is that's the biggest risk and probably the only thing that you can watch because of the way that all this is structured now. Because this is running away until it breaks. Like, because you can't have that kind of problem. The lumber can't continue. So here in Florida, I talked to a, a real estate agent just in passing Saturday. No new homes in certain areas. No new homes. You ain't taking orders. Can't build them. Can't guarantee the prices, so they can't build them. That's the stuff you're talking about, where it gets to a point where the prices are so great that everything just halts. Right? And then what? Well, that doesn't really just stop and change everything. It's that the vol the way that we're set up now is that VIX is the number one enemy. Not volatility is the number one enemy of the of the Fed for the pension reasons and for everything else. So you've got to like keep that cage. How do you how do you, if you're Jerome Powell, deal with this inflation? How do you deal with this inflation when you can't unleash that that dragon? You can't let that thing out of the cage. You can't let volatility out of the cage. And so you and, and raising interest rates, dealing with any of this type of inflationary environment, it would, it would, it would immediately unleash volatility. Unless volatility just unleashes itself because the participants in large size don't trust that you have it under control anymore. And and you're at risk when everything's concentrated in singular position sets, which we are right now. We are, we totally are. I, I, I think that's the only risk. Everything else is more liquidity, more higher rotation, right? Everything is just higher, higher, higher rotation, rotation, rotation. That's it's a honest truth because of the way the mechanics are set up, unless volatility is triggered. And, and keeping that keeping that volatility caged, that you know, targeting can keep happening, but it, is, it becomes an offside situation where where everything's concentrated and it, and it can, can it get and incinerate those concentrated positions very quickly. Well, it did last March. 
right? But this is bigger, 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 bigger. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I can't, I, I can't say, yeah, I, I can't say any of that with like, you know, predictability, honestly. That's the thing I, that's the only thing I'm watching for on a day-to-day -day basis. If I don't see that, rotation. And more of these the dumb prices that'll get dumber because of the Charlie Bilal effect, you know, fewer, fewer things. And as you create fewer and fewer things, that means that there's even more money chasing fewer and fewer things. Price can keep going up and, and, and everything. So I, I'm, that's, that's my two cents on the whole thing. Well, I'm trying to time it, right? So intraday, whether. Vol, vol, vol. Vol, vol, vol. But this is yeah. a, a chart that I put up um, and I, I keep referring to it because I'm still waiting for that break. Why does it matter? Because normally it doesn't matters. matter big picture. It matters because of like you just exactly said, all this market structure is tied. They're completely, you know, it's it's the, the chain link. <laughs> like one goes oh, over the cliff, man. they're all going over the cliff. But look at this, speaking of cliff diving, this is NYSC, which I happen to love to chart um, because it's more pure. You're not trading NYSE. It's more of a kind of institutional product for uh, analysis, at least in my world, intermarket analysis. It, it's cleaner. So this down here is an indicator of the, the 50 um, moving average. And I like to kind of plot this because if you can see in price, this is obviously multiple years, 2017. That was January 2018. And we had a very quick drawdown. It was really two weeks and 10%, okay? And you can see I'm kind of creating patterns here to try and anticipate when we're gonna have breaks. This was October, 2018, when we hit 3.2% in the 10-year yield, and then we went down 20% into December Christmas Eve massacre. This was the COVID. You can see this divergence between January and February. That was January, uh, excuse me, February 24th, gap down on a Monday, into March 23rd, that's a 35% drawdown. 10%, 20%, and 35%. I don't know what this is. <laughs> like let's, maybe we just come to this level and, you know, head higher. But something, you know, is looking, intonating a move. And I, you know, I've been showing this because I'm also seeing this rallying into the underside of the trend line. Maybe it gets back up. Maybe we have another overshoot to that lovely 4,600 that everyone's talking about for SPX. But I just am fascinated that every leg of the table that we've talked about week after week after week keeps getting kicked out. And most recently, it was Bitcoin. I mean, like, what is left in the speculative market? I mean, really, realistically, um, besides commodities and big tech, what what is really, really firm? Got, what do you got? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I mean, I mean, look at look at uh, pull up like. Uh, I mean, Google is awesome. I mean, it's up for like thirty two percent just this year. I mean, this is still so. If any weakness, this is basically it. Big tech. If we get some weakness here, I don't know. At Google, gorgeous. Um, Amazon, it's still fine. Looks, you know, Apple, it's still fine. Sideways. What else? Anyone? I, I, I think I think anything can come in there like. Uh, yeah, gold and silver for sure. I think anything can come in there and be proxy like for 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 liquidity to flow, right? Because even if it was gold or silver, that would just be liquidity coming to gold and silver. I I I think at this point, my biggest kind of outlier is the 
total volume of market participation. So like you get so many more people participating um, this time than you even did last time in March, right? So is that a negative ramification? And in a, in a, in a, in a, when if that breaks, because I think it's I think it's when that breaks. What you just showed, not if. I think it breaks. But is the excess participation that we haven't seen historically? This is so much more participated market. Look at Coinbase accounts, Robinhood accounts, Webull accounts, Futu accounts. There's so many more people. India, I get I get requests three times this week. Talk to people about um, putting uh, app in India right to trade right like so the volume and participation is the x factor to me and is that a buyer or is that a seller and a, and they get wiped in this type of setup because if they're a buyer it's an outlier to any of this that we've seen because this volume runs everything volume and liquidity run everything and so if there's volume and liquidity getting in the first sign of any kind of price reduction will be a opportunity to get in bag holders you know get burned whatever the next person steps up because there's a huge line i think that's like a little bit outside of technical analysis or market structure analysis that's really just like kind of paradigm analysis of the of what i'm seeing in general as far as market participation there's just so much more desire to participate in the markets all around the world that and yes, such but on a what time frame are they gamification traders and they're only in for the you know the day the short duration or are they the ho the hodlers of bitcoin well, the, that's the that's the question in the sense of what's the reaction that they have if there is a a bout of 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 trouble as it relates to this size, right? As it relates to the to the size of the problem that we have with the inflation, which is now much sig more significant problem than the deflation that we had. This inflation is significantly exponentially larger than the deflation that we had a year ago. So we've gone from one end to the other end, but by more orders of magnitude. Well, this that's why we can, because it's an outlier that reverts. And when outliers revert, like the deflation we've had for 40 years, it reverts yeah. with velocity. So it doesn't mean that, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm not calling hyperinflation, but in commodities, I can absolutely smell higher commodities. And I'm looking 100%. at the chart going, OMG, it's, it should be coming down. It should be pausing. <laughs> but all the other work that I'm doing behind it says, there's some reason for this season. So I think like, you know, do the equities, to answer the equities reaction to that nice chart, mm -hmm. all really depends on buyers stepping in or not, right? And the buying stepping in from all this excess people trying to get involved. And that's like a save and then venues all can run in a lot different areas of, of that inflation that you're referring to. Cause you got one belt, one road, you got the internet of things with so many people coming online all across the world. I think the world access to markets is, is completely uh, uh, underestimated at this point as it relates to the long term. The short term, um, it's all about the volatility monster because of how, how, how tied and tethered we are to, to the same stuff, how ETFs are tethered to the options or tethered to the derivatives. It's all so tethered, especially now it's super concentrated that that NICE right, is going to break. 
when it does and volatility shows up, is it bought, well, suppressed, we keep going and your inflation narrative is, is just getting started or they lose the battle or the war. I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I sound like I'm like kind of sitting on both sides of the fence, but that's but, trading, but right? No, 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 no. It, because obviously that's the macro to micro, right? So we can, we can look at this going, there's still a bid, there's still liquidity, there's still volume until that air pocket actually materializes we won't know. That's actually kind of the, the funky thing. Look at that chart that I, you know, that looks yeah, like in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, the Futu stuff like is still cooking, but like some, most of that other stuff, those people are, are, are in a hope position and that's not a strategy. They're hoping for a rebound. If that blows out, they're going to be, you know, net sellers, right? They're just going to be puking that stuff out. As that stuff gets puked out, it, the next one gets puked out. And it's just that that chain reaction. The setup is, is cooking. Maybe we're there. Maybe we're not to test it, to test how how significant this inflation narrative is. Right. And it's not a, I don't know that it's a reflation narrative as it is like there's that. How, no, I think it's it's it's, it's, it's inflation. inflation. Yeah. Right. It's so inflation. So for a while, I was definitely using the reflation, you know, uh, terminology and reopening. Of course, today, by the way, airlines broke, cruise lines broke down from their trend. So they had actually been nice plays and they digested and they broke. Small caps look absolutely ready, you know, to form that <laughs> right shoulder, yeah, my right, <laughs> right shoulder. And there's a huge gap fill below. There's no question. I mean, there was a huge you know, um, on the weekly, um, Pfizer announcement uh, spike higher in all things small cap, really. But there is there's danger there. We still, but that's what's really going to be the test now. We still have the Treasury Department and all this, you know, issuance and bank reserves and tax um, payments coming into the banking system. And I'm fascinated to see how that all works out. And nothing the Fed's going to do. They talk. They talk a lot, <laughs> but there's nothing they're going to do for a while. So it really does come down to that kind of uh, the fund flows. And um, Barton Wang talks about the crowding out. He calls it the sicko. I wish I could remember what the SI stands for. Something, something crowding out. Oh, somebody know? Anyway, it's really interesting because it has to do with too much money. <laughs> like just, you know, it's slowing down. Um, if you will, the rate of, uh, of leverage and liquidity in the market. But there's still nothing to indicate that that's slowing down until end of May. Yeah, no, I, I'm and with he, you. He's, yeah, got like I May, he's got like May 20th as the first real significant impact. Maybe it's, maybe they're, you know, the sell in May, they're front running it. I don't know, <laughs> but. I just watch fall. <laughs> like okay. I, I, think it. I think it's that easy at this point because it's also okay. tethered. It's almost like um, you've got this angry, angry monster in this cage, and if the angry monster gets out of the cage, this can kill everybody in the other room because everybody's in one room or two. So it's not like you can really stop it once he's out of the cage. It's like a, it's like a zombie movie. Right, like all those people, and you're like, just get out of the other room, move to like three or four different rooms, right? Like, no, they're all in two rooms, and they keep going back and forth between those two rooms. It's that simple. 
if the if the if the monster stays inside that cage, no big deal. If the monster gets outside of that cage, it's a totally different game. And and all this inflation can be reversed because they've 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 pressed. It's not like this is normal, right? It's not like this is healthy recovery with like legs. I mean, it could get inverted pretty quick, especially as people have become to be very much uh, long only with margin, right? Right. If you're not, and then you you you, it never fails to buy the dip ever, because that's a as a it's that's the options effect, right? It has nothing to do with like holding. It's the options effect, so it's the gamma effect. So when you sit there and you're like, all right, this this monster's in the other room. All I need to do at this point, really, is just see if he's ever going to get out. I just need to put in a monster alarm. That's the way I look at it now. It's like if the monster's in the cage, no big deal. Keep going, play on. If the monster's out of the cage, game changes instantaneously. And then you're looking for weak hands first. They're getting smoked. Shorts on ball weak hands and all these like kind of concentrated positions, they all get smoked. Then what happens? Then what are the ramifications across that? Like, and where does that start leaking pretty quick? I think that's it. I That's my take at this point, how I'm handling it. That's all I'm looking for because I think that the, you've been so all over it for some time about rotation from sector to sector, from what's expensive to what's cheap. Expensive but now cheese. I'm worried because right. that NYSE cracks. Everything goes down, but I still think safety will go down less than others. It's it's tricky though. I mean, biotech is already down. XBI twenty five percent. Arc is already down. Right. I mean, th there are so many plays. The EV is only like the thing I would say to that is big tech is basically holding tech, the market up. Tech and those safeties are blended, even in the DIA. Even in the Dow Jones. Sometimes they're, right? they're counted twice. I know. So, <laughs> so the indexation yep. is why everybody's in two rooms. They think they're diversified and they're in two rooms. And the volatility's in the other room. Yeah, yeah. And so like it's just that simple at this point. Like that thing gets out, game on. That thing oh doesn't get God. out. That's a good way of putting it. All right. There's there's a monster in the other room. <laughs> All right, and on that like bedtime story, <laughs> I'll wish you a great night churning away. You too. Give, give me a quick update on Vig Tech platform options matrix. I know we were over time, but I want to remind folks. When yeah, we're we're uh, almost completely subscribed out, so there's only a couple spots left. Um, early access uh, goes out, you know, very shortly. Could be like any time now, um, and uh, then next week. We got all kinds of stuff popping and you got your stuff releasing and you got um, like even, I mean, it's just, it's going to be nonstop for the rest of the summer. So we're bringing stuff to the table, um, hopefully right at the right time. Yep. I yep. would say so. So we definitely, yeah, just a reminder. I love these tree maps and the bubbles. I mean, look at the bubbles, five yeah, billion. You know, look at that for, for you know, we did, we, we mirrored, we blended this so you could kind of like really see it. Look one. how big <laughs> Tesla is. Still. It's, it's like Still. the size of, uh, you know, the it's like half the size of the SPX, which is like the greatest whitest shark. Right. And, usually, and, it's, and often days it's actually, it is bigger than everything else. So it's, yeah. It's yeah. Filled. So yeah. So this, this is uh this is all, this is all wrapped. Um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're rolling it out shortly. So hope, uh, hope everybody likes it. I think it's a pretty powerful tool. We've had some wow. great, uh, great, great feedback. Yeah. We redid a few things cause uh, just some beta feedback and, yep. um, it's awesome. Yeah. All right. So next Tuesday we'll, we'll take a look at this. Yeah. We'll, again. we'll roll down. Yeah. We can, yep. we can use this as a, is a big component of what we're conversation next week. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again. And I will remind that this is where it's going to go after right here. We're going to talk um, next Tuesday. And then this Thursday, I have Russell Rhodes. I don't have it up yet. It's not posted yet. Trust me. I have Russell Rhodes, um, formerly of CBOE. He is now EQ Derivatives, and he is just a master of volatility and options. He teaches mm. and educates on options. He's also just... I, I like his dry sense of humor. <laughs> he's really, he's awesome. All right, so Vig uh, YouTube, I'll post it there. And next Thursday, sign up for um, Russell and myself talking volatility and that big VIX spread that came in also that I just highlighted at the beginning. That, that kind of made the airwaves. All right, yep. have a great rest of the trading week. Be safe out there. Hedges might actually pay. <laughs> <laughs>